my question for you, as the experienced podcaster, is experienced. how many... Yeah, experienced. I'm giving you that label now. How many seconds of Star Wars music can you include in this podcast without getting a copyright strike from the mouse? I don't know. Is it eight seconds? Uh, you tell me. I think it's eight seconds. I didn't do any Googling research on this before I asked this stupid question. Neither did I. That kind of stuff is for the editing phase. <laughs> I know. That's for that's for the back-end people. That's not... The back-end people who's me. <laughs> Wait, you don't have a whole crew? No, I I know I make a You invited someone like me on a podcast with no whole back end crew. No back end crew. Me, me and my Is there even catering? (laughs) Do you have craft services on this set? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I am insulted. You will be hearing from my agent. Your agent. Your agent. Okay, I got it. I'll have my person pick up the phone. My person who is me. Oh, okay. Well, they're going to get an earful from my agent. Good grief. Okay. But you better look into this issue of how much Star Wars music you could actually include in a podcast. 100%. I promise. I'll do it. So, Star Wars. Oh my gosh. So now we're going to talk about Star Wars. After talking about Star Wars. The whole experience of being a Star Wars fan? Pretty much. We might as well. From the beginning. Yeah. So when I picked up Star Wars, there was no prequel trilogy. It was before that. I'm pretty sure. Because the novels were already coming out. A bunch of the novels came out in the 90s. And so there had been like a like an active cult fandom for Star Wars since 1977. And then there was some early stuff published. There was like one early novel, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, that's like the proto um, expanded universe for Star Wars. Because that was published, I think, in 78? Don't quote me on that. Um, but that was the first, like, expanded universe setting. Any any of the lore that was outside of the movies, that was the first piece. And then after that, in a 91, I think, is when they first published Heir to the Empire, which is the beginning of the very first expanded universe novel set. And that's where Grand Admiral Thrawn was introduced. Like, that was his debut. He was the big antagonist for this first entry into the Star Wars expanded universe. So he was almost like a new emperor. Oh, totally. I, and I would say much more sympathetic than the Empire, or the Emperor, obviously. Like, you you could empathize with him, you understood his motivations, but also he was really cool. Like, he wasn't this uh, shriveled old Sith guy. Like, you were like, oh, you know, I really want to be this shriveled old Sith. No, nobody has ever said that they wanted to grow up to be Palpatine. But, like, when I was young, I definitely wanted to grow up to be Thrawn. My goodness. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, people who don't love the Empire don't necessarily want to grow up to be the bad okay, Empire, well, Emperor character. Are you are you calling me a space Nazi? I'm again. I think we already established this. <laughs> no, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> wow, wow. You will be hearing from my agent. This insult will not be taken laying down. I forgot. You're basically the lady version of Thrawn. I really shouldn't be hacking you off, should I? I am not going to ruin your life. Aw, thanks. I try. <laughs> so, um, we're we're recording part two of this Star Wars conversation because we both got to talk about Rise <sighs> of Skywalker. It's almost like you have to go to a therapy session after a traumatic experience. Yeah, and we've saved it. We haven't talked much about it. Uh, yeah, not between each other. I, I had to feel you out at first, just like... Hey, did did you see the movie? What what were your initial thoughts? Like very carefully, just in case you were led astray. So what what you what you think? So this is going to be a very frank conversation about the, all of the Star Wars, uh, all of the Rise of the Jedi. You know, when you have you know this fandom since 1977 is rabid, and there's those of us that came on we were when we were young in the 90s, and and so it's just it's been a very long journey to here. It has to. Wherever we are. So we're claiming this space as a spoiler, uh, filled, that's the word yes. I'm looking for, a spoiler filled zone. I was going to say, <laughs> you, you are not safe here. This is not no. a safe space. This is not the, uh, the safety, uh, zone. What's the thing in Star Trek? The Oh, zone? the neutral zone. The this neutral is not zone. the neutral zone. Yes. Nor is that the right universe okay, to start that- this conversation. You're getting your wires crossed. I'm a little disappointed in you. Hey, you love Star Trek as much as I do. I do. do. It's just, I, I, 
you know, I would have to think about getting a Star Trek tattoo, but I, I definitely want a Star Wars tattoo. Okay. Okay. So we can solidly leave this in non-neutral zone territory. It's true. Inside there are the Star Wars universe. There are opinions here. We have opinions? Yes. And we're not afraid to state them? Absolutely not. Um, I will be careful to remain family friendly, but with this amount of, <laughs> this pent up level of um, devotion, let's say, to Star Wars, I, I guarantee nothing. Yeah. Well. Your passage, your passage through this neutral zone is not guaranteed to be safe. <laughs> so here we go. Oh my gosh. So Rise of Skywalker, first impressions. Oh my goodness. Um, so, so, I, so first tell me how you saw it. Who'd you see it with? So my family went on the 26th, the day after Christmas, when we were all still home. Um, my mother was really excited that we would all go. And I was, I was excited to see it with my family. I enjoy spending time with my crazy family. And we all love Star Wars. Most of us enjoy it more than the typical people and then there's a couple of my siblings that are also really big fans so we were we were excited to see it i cannot say that i was spoiler free going into this which i thank god i was not because i feel like i could take it a little bit better i could take the hits a little bit better because i was kind of expecting them because it was ridiculous that this, this movie was ridiculous. Leading up to your first impression after That's the movie. The kindest thing I could say about this movie. <laughs> um, I was laughing, dear reader, all the way through the theater. <laughs> like full out laughing into my popcorn with a <laughs> incredulous, like I was just incredulous. I mean, the horses on the Star Destroyer. Yeah, I know. I just my father turns to me, my stoic father, and he's taking a muscle relaxant to get through this movie because he knew, he knew this would not be enjoyable otherwise. His poor back. He turns to me when they release the horses on the Star Destroyer in the upper atmosphere of this Sith planet. Horses? Really? Really? Right? I died. I I died... Within the first five minutes of the movie. So so my story... Oh my gosh. <laughs> my story of this... It was me all along. I know. Okay, so my story of this is that I went on Christmas Day with my family. And I have to say first, thank you, Mom and Dad, for taking us. Yes. It was a lovely experience. I enjoyed the heck out of going and seeing it. Thank you, everyone. Mother and Father, for enabling my Star Wars obsession for absolutely. the last 20-something years. This is absolutely... The perfect movie for this point of my life that I'm in. <laughs> I'll say that oh at the beginning. Goodness. And I enjoy every moment of uh, of engaging in Star Wars-ness with my family and engaging in criticism of Star Wars now, which is what we're about to embark on right I, now. I will be honest. Uh, I enjoy every pandering moment of Star Wars iconography. Mm -hmm. um, not to say I'm proud of it, but again, like comfort food, I know it is not good for me, and yet I enjoy it. It's just one of those things. I keep eating. So within five minutes of this movie, we are we're on the Sith planet of. And Exodon. I will say this: this sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Is plot is happening? Yes. Plot is happening at you. Plot is happening at you. Keep up with me. Maybe at your own risk. Keep, keep up with me. We we are going now. It is more plot. <laughs> and here comes. First off, like a freaking baseball bat to the head. Emperor Palpatine! Everything you thought about the last movie is wrong, swack! You don't know anything. Also, <laughs> retcon! We have nothing new to say, so we're just gonna re resurrect old dead guys <laughs> that were buried, like, a bunch of years ago. We are not going to hide our feelings about Ryan Johnson, swack! We don't like him! We don't want to talk to you anymore. JJ, stop fighting with your brother. <laughs> So then we have, not only do we have Emperor Palpatine showing up, we have this, like, Snoke was a lie. Well, it was right? me the whole time. Oh, okay. I, this is, I didn't ask for this. We have a whole mythology being laid out in, like, the whole time it was my grand plan. I mean, what? what? Stream of consciousness, like, <laughs> Like, oh, plot spewing. is happening. Yes, I have to fill you in on this whole, like, Sith religion right. business I, now. Come with me. I don't have time to explain, but here's the plot. And then here's this horde of people and it looked like the way it looked was cool certainly but it also looked like a ripoff of like a thousand other sort of like totally dark derivative. mystical yes and it and you know 
that's not to say that Star Wars was always original. Star Wars was totally derivative of like Flash Gordon and everything that had come before in terms of visuals of a kind of space fantasy. So it's not the derivative part that I hate. It's it's the fact that I mean, for all the prequels flaws, my little prequel defender self will always say, but at least he had some original thoughts. Like at least George Lucas tried. But with these, this is market researched to the absolute bone. I get Yes. Okay, and, and the plot in general, let's just say, I alluded to this earlier, but remember how there was a whole expanded universe of crazy Star Wars content from the 90s that was back in the Wild West of just write whatever, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It'll become canon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they did a Palpatine Comes Back arc that was with Dark Horse Comics in the 90s. You would know this. I, of course I know this. It's the Palpatine clone arc where he comes back and he turns Luke evil. Everyone knows about this. It was colossally bad. But this is the part they chose to bring back? Yeah, so you would think you, they would learn if it was colossally bad. It's been too long. And then... You, and no one has memories longer than 20 years. Ugh. Okay, so from the start, I knew I was going to be bored by this villain arc business. Absolutely, because Zombie Palpatine is here, and he's like, go find Rey. Okay, well, we've got a motivation now. Uh, why? What are we doing? Oh, we're just finding Rey. And then we switch to Rey, and they're looking for things. And plot is happening, and everything is right there, and the minute... They have another story beat. They're on another planet every five seconds. And right next to them, once they get to the planet, is whatever MacGuffin they were looking for. Exactly. Like, like oh, we fell down this hole in this cave. Oh, let me show off some force no, powers. No. And then we found the fancy knife. Let's, let's, let's talk about this particular moment in the desert on that planet. Oh, my gosh. What was the sense of scale? Where was everyone? Right. Sense of scale is a huge problem. Well, they I, just happen to land on this planet on the one day where they have this family ancestor festival that happens once every 40 years for one day. Trivia note, uh, I think they said 42 years in the movie was the time scale that they held this festival. Well, the original Star Wars was 42 years ago. Okay, well, that's kind of cute. But <laughs> also, really, deus ex machina. Okay, there's that. But also, I'm telling you, market research to hell. <sighs> so... They land on this planet, and who shows up but Lando? I, I mean, he's right there. His body double is right there doing he's all the work for him. Doing his thing, and he's like, nah, I don't want to go see Leia. I'm not that interested. And you're like, why? Like, what in the world are you doing out here on this stupid planet? Nah, he's like, not what time. has to happen? Okay, so this was just dumb dialogue, or right at the beginning of this planet. And then they go out, and they have this really forced section of more dumb dialogue with this little girl where Ray has to like decide if she has a family name or not and we're already in this whole like this is going to be significantly regurgitated like thing that we've been playing with of who is Ray who is Ray who is Ray now it's just becoming like nauseating it's becoming a meme now it's, it it's is. beyond like an interesting plot thread it's just it's it's a joke now like, now you know they're setting up for something really dumb you're like, please bury this more. Like, Don't a worry. Bit. Don't worry. It'll get dumber. Bury your lead. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. <laughs> but whatever. You mean, like, you mean like give your script a second draft? You mean like edit. What? Yeah. Edit your dialogue? I Like say it out loud once before you just publish it? I, I don't know. know. Do you think people talk like this? I Nobody Do talks they think like people this. talk like this? Nobody talks like this. Okay. So I haven't even gotten to the point of why I stopped. Oh, right. The desert thing. planet. Yes. We go out into the desert on these land speeders and it, we have this ridiculous battle with the stormtroopers set pieces we have to have set pieces yes yes of course and they have to be moving fast and there has to be shooting and there has to be force and whatever fine well they had to have things for the trailer oh yeah, yeah. that set pieces for yeah. the trailer so then they get off the speeders on this pile of gravel and then they what what happens they indiana jones it they're sinking oh my goodness of course they're sinking we're dying quicksand that's not quicksand it's gravel right quicksand it's planet. basically the the trope of quicksand and I, then what like there's what caves underneath you, they're okay okay yeah here we go we're through the quicksand and it's fine like it's all fine also i'm gonna say hey ray if i'm finn i take this moment to say hey ray i've got this thing to tell you and then that never comes back that's the, the chekhov's gun that doesn't go off which is half the chekhov's guns in this movie Never find out what the hell Finn has to say. The stupid about part is, this. <clears throat> he only answers it in this way post movie interview. Like JJ got asked about this in some panel after one of the movie premieres. He was like, "Oh, he just wanted to tell her he was force sensitive." Okay, why why leave it in the movie if you have to answer it 
on a post preview panel. I, mm. It's dumb. So, <laughs> don't, we're being kind. Well, don't leave. So, the critical. There's no point in us doing this complainer episode. Oh, about, no, because like, you could go through, like, uh, the Force can't do that. Right. Uh, 15 times during this movie, I was just like, what? J.J. Abrams doesn't know how the Force works. So to lift it a little bit above, just like a couple of really long-time Star Wars fans, yeah, like, true. being really angry about whatever, you know, we could say, um, like, use your um, editing time to remember to pick up all the strands you left when you're, like... Oh, totally. Like, this is just one of those moments. Like, have some... Be a good critic of your own work. And don't. Do dumb things, like write down dialogue. It's an Aesop's fable for Aesop's fable. Star Wars is basically just a fable. Mm. Okay, so now they're down in this pit with a snake. This cave system, and then there's this wounded snake, and I immediately was like, oh, it's the lion with the thorn in its paw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of Aesop's fables. Golly, I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Please, please don't let my intuition be correct. And that's, because, oh. <laughs> that's a weird thing about this... Uh, this movie is it's like, I always know what's going to happen next. And somehow I never know what's going to happen next at the same it's time. True. And it's like in the wrong ways for both of those right. things. Right. It's like, oh, I know what they're setting up for. I'm not proud of this. This is not going to go well. And again, I'm not saying Star Wars has to be anything more than comfort food. But I do expect good writing at the very least. Like, this is not a criticism of Star Wars as a concept. I'm fine. I've bought into the idea that... You know, space wizards with force powers are real. And laser swords. And laser swords. <laughs> and pew pew blasters. Like, I, no, I've bought the product you're selling. I'm I'm in. But, like, write a compelling story with it. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Like, it can be kind of simple. It can be kind of dumb. You know, it doesn't have, not every movie's going to be Empire Strikes Back. But, like, oh my gosh. We, we go to 15 different worlds in five minutes in this movie. And then there's another Death Star level threat. I thought we were getting away from that. Like, can we not with the Death Star stuff? Right. Like, over and over and over again. Also, uh, within, um, what, 20 minutes of the opener of the movie, we see Leia for the first time. Oh, it was so awkward. She is a literal walking corpse <laughs> in this movie. No disrespect meant, but reanimated. Oh my literally. goodness. This is zombie Leia and it just never works. No, she well, never works. The way they were cutting to conversations with her, there was it was always the kind of um back and forth cuts and it felt very spliced together. Like, I'm sorry, you it just does. It does. It feels like there's dialogue that sort of piled on top of the conversations that she interacts with people in in order to fill up time that they don't have she's all yeah carrie fisher which yeah. is fair like i get i get this this is a tragedy that happened nobody was expecting it nobody wanted it clearly okay. all the she things she should have died when the bridge exploded at the beginning of last jedi right like something, oh my gosh like we should have we should have my i really truly think there should have been a way to just cut Leia out of this movie oh yeah I really think there was not hand wave any... it. It's not. I mean, everything else got hand wave. Just hand wave and say she died between movies. The There's general passed be... away of a broken heart. We have that precedent. There's got to be a compelling way to make that happen. Her mom died of a broken heart. She can die to die of a broken heart. And you know the weirdly, and that people will probably argue with me on this if I say this broadly, but the weirdly only time that I was like gung ho about reanimated Leia was in the lightsaber scene. With oh, her and young sure. Luke. That was interesting. That made sense to She me. looked a little rubbery. Nah, so did Luke. He didn't uh, even look like Mark Hamill. He, yeah, no. He had less lighting on that figure, so it was a little bit better, but her face was a little bit too well lit. But it was kind of, I thought, a somewhat cool mechanism. Um, oh, sure, to kind of tie it back, but it felt unnecessary. It was a little unnecessary, but if you're going to do reanimated Leah, I think what I'm saying is do it when she's young. Like this whole trying to add extra scenes with her. Just to me, it, it was a failure. <coughs> I appreciate you being conscious of <clears throat> not coughing over top of my... I know, I'm trying to make sure that I'm only coughing during easy places to cut. I'm very responsible. You're doing awesome. <laughs> I try to make it I'm easy. going to leave all of this in. <laughs> oh yeah, this is, this is uh, color commentary. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, we have Zombie Leia. Zombie Palpatine. 
How many more zombies do we have? Anyone? Jeez. <laughs> that may be all the zombies. I mean, clearly J.J. Abrams. <laughs> zombie director. Well, we basically have a zombie in Rose. Oh, that was... Oh, honey. Who also feels like a walking corpse I'm in this so movie. I'm so sorry. It's really bad. I mean, admittedly, her character and dialogue were a mess in Last Jedi. Like, I I liked the idea of her character. I didn't like the execution of her character. And then when it came to this one, nobody deserves that kind of personal attack and criticism she got over what she was told to do in Last Jedi. So I will defend her from that. But then the hand-waving of, you know, hey, Rose, are you coming? Oh, no. The general says I need to stay out of the plot. That's exactly what it felt That like. little line just was like, oh, my goodness, honey. I'm so sorry. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, terrible what happened to her. It's terrible. And I can't even begin to say, like, with any authority that I know the details of all of that. I just know cursorily she experienced a lot of racism and sexism after the second movie. And to really great detriment. Oh, um, totally. But the way to fix that is not to write her in safely, kind of, right. to the script and just sort of kill the character off in the process without killing the character off. It didn't work. Yeah. And it well, was a shame. Let's just remember the the two writers, the primary writers for this movie, um, one wrote Batman versus Superman, uh, yikes. And then the other one has never finished a series, except for one, Felicity, in the nineties. So they were not prepared to write this movie. And then we get horses on a Star Destroyer in the ultimate scenes in the lower atmosphere. Which is weird. But also a really important scene for why this Rose stuff was a crying shame. Oh, yeah. You've got, um, backing up just a little bit, you have this character that's introduced, a black woman started stormtrooper that hops off of convenient. a world. So also convenient. Let, let's talk about this for a second, that she instantly connects with the only other black character in this entire cast. Uh, yeah. Except Ooh. for Lando. Um, Which but let's also come back a, to Lando that's with a, her. That's a big hard yikes. Ew. Why is he insinuating that he is her dad at the end of this movie? Big hard yikes. Okay, so apparently they did some editing. There were articles they had to write to explain this scene, which again is the mark of bad writing. That you have to write and publish all these articles in like, you know, Newsweek or ET Online to explain scenes in your movie. But they cut out some scenes where he talked about, oh yeah, they took all the rebellions, like kids, like... Rebellion leaders lost their children in these purges. Cut it all out then, because then now you just have in. Lando looking like a randy jerk who's just wandering his way, fathering children across all the worlds of the galaxy. Not all black people in Star Wars are related. Also, what broadly, why are all people in Star Wars related? Because it seems like everyone in this universe is related. Why? Yeah, I just... Mm, um. They're misunderstanding everything about this heroic myth. It's we don't have to come from somewhere. I mean, this is the whole thing about Thrawn. Thrawn doesn't come from somewhere. He comes from nobody. He he merits his way up into a noble family, and then he goes into the Empire and merits his way through that. So You're it's exactly not like right. Star Wars fans are not always looking for this justification that I'm related to, you know, this this golden line of Force users. We never right. asked for this. You're substituting a monarchy for an empire at that point, right? Like the rebellion becomes some like some kind of quasi monarchy, some divine right to rule. Exactly, uh, it is yes. now a divine right to rule based on families and class and like where you got your blood from, which is the whole point of rebelling against the and, empire. And we don't mind some of those stories, but I feel like that was the point of exploring Luke's story was the whole divine right to rule. What do you do when your blood does bless you with? these abilities and powers so what if you do come from that okay well return of the jedi already dealt with that mm -hmm. but of course they went into the sequel trilogy with no plan right and uh an interesting idea at the end of the last jedi i think to uh wonder about all the force users and the children oh know, sure like and the rest force of the users keep getting born it's just what do you do mm -hmm. about them well and i i will admit i uh do not really like Last Jedi. No, that's fair. I, did I didn't love... It. My progression with these was, yay, we're getting movie seven sure. and I'm excited. Sure. And I'll be like, cool, well, because this is open. I'm going to be open to this series. And then Rogue One hit and I was like, oh my gosh. This I can only get better. I love Rogue One. Everything is wonderful. we got this female character who is 
not in a romantic relationship and then everybody dies at the end. Like, give me more real gritty Star Wars with real gritty consequences. I Stakes, love it. you know? That's that's enjoyable. Stakes. And then Last Jedi hit. Oh, my gosh. kind of like, ah. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not going to say, right. like, my criticism has always been he made a visually really interesting and incredible piece of work. Um, but the script needed a second draft. Yeah. Like, there were some major just, like, huh? Decisions about what characters did, what their motivations were, their dialogue, um, what the ultimate story that movie was trying to tell was. And I, it just didn't, it didn't feel like a second act of anything. It just felt like kind of a, let's just make a movie with this intellectual property. Okay, that's fine. But we really want to see like a cohesive three act story. Come on, Ryan. But we didn't get we it. We didn't get it. <laughs> that's not what he gave us. So, I don't want to lose the thread of Rose. Oh, so I'm I I'm going to go back to the horses on the Sith planet. Yes. Just a second. So, that's offensive because... Well, not even the horses. The Rose moment on the Sith planet. Right oh, after sure. the horses. Sure, sure, sure. So, we've got this um, the stormtrooper, stormtrooper pairing, who also these people happen to be black, and they've now been thrown together. And we've got Rose, who has all this chemistry with Finn from Last Jedi, if I remember correctly. I mean, should they have... <laughs> Standing there, waving goodbye as they walk off together to die together. Blessing this new pairing. It's fine. You guys go. I'm going to go ahead and get back on the little transport thing and not worry about the fact that you're going to die on the side of this freaking Star Destroyer. It's fine. Even though I really love you, Finn. Or at least I made it look like I loved you in the last movie. The plot has told me to stay out of the way. Totally has because <laughs> somebody else... Um. Somebody else the workshop up. said. Yes, whatever. Market research said Rose would not be supported if she truly went after Finn. Uh, so I, it just yeah. feels false. That whole moment, whatever Finn was every, going to do. Every moment felt false. From yes. the, the destruction of the transport Chewie was supposedly on felt false. Um, and then, oh my god. So a couple of funny moments that I laughed at in the middle there. The first one was where it was revealed through, like, a door opening on the Imperial Star Destroyer. But Chewie was alive. The door opens and there's that little sting of Chewbacca's theme music plays for just, like, two bars. And then it immediately turns to this Imperial-type melody. And it's like, da-da-da-da, da-da. Okay. Are you trying to make me feel something? Because this was way too fast. <laughs> Definitely emotional manipulation there. I was like... Oh my goodness, so funny. And then when they go to execute the prisoners, Poe and Finn, and the stormtroopers take them, and then General Hux is there behind them, and the camera turns away, and they're like, oh, we're gonna die, they hold their hands up, and then there's these shots in the background, they turn, and Hux is there with the blaster, and he's killed the uh, stormtroopers, and he goes, I am the spy! I just, I died laughing. I am the spy! Oh my gosh, you gotta wonder how many times he stood in front of a mirror practicing that line. I am the spy. It was me all along. What a mess. <laughs> and it's like, where did that... What? What did he think he was going to gain out of that? Like, What did J.J. Abrams think that he was going to gain by making him sympathetic for about 10 seconds until, spoilers, he gets shot in the chest. Shot in the chest. Yeah, he's like, they escaped. They they hurt me. And then the real bad general is like, yeah, 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 sure. And then he turns around and shoots him. And it's like, okay, it, Okay, so are we done being sympathetic now? So this whole thing, from the beginning, we've got this mole concept, right? With yeah. Poe and Finn going off to get the recording and all the stuff. And, and I'm then... not going to claim that that plot thread was strong, but no plot threads were strong. So that plot thread could have been really interesting if we had a spy right, that we actually that ran like... through the whole movie that we totally. kept connecting back to. It's the sympathetic villain, right, that we were talking about with Ron. Like, you want kind of a, kind of a sympathetic, like, oh, you know, they did evil, but... Their motivations are interesting. I can see it from their point of view. That's that's complex. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, there's some romance in that. Not, I am the spy. What? I just want to see him lose. What? No. What? No. No. That's called not a motivation? It's called, this is bad writing. <laughs> JJ, on a forced timeline. Go back to writing class. Or money. Ugh. Okay. You brought up romance and complexities and villains. Oh my goodness. It's time to talk about Kylo Ren. Okay, the Raylos are very pleased. Oh my gosh, the people in the audience 
clapped in my theater when the kiss happened. I mean, like, sure, Adam Driver has a lot of sexual tension in his performance, and I respect the fact that he was able to create that. Because Ray is a brick. And I I just don't... He's not a Daisy Ridley fan. I, I don't mind Daisy Ridley. I just, I understand where she's coming from, where she has nothing to work with. I truly do believe, I mean, Mary Sue character. Like, she faces trials and tribulations and nothing ever really gets to her. And it's kind of frustrating. It's hard to be sympathetic with a character that, like, even in Last Jedi, I I was kind of pissed because I really wanted to see her go through this tribulation in this middle part of the arc. And, like, I thought it really interesting if she actually, like, took Kylo Ren up on his offer and became evil at the end of that movie. Yeah. But then, like, she she faces the cave, which is set up as this big, like, moment the same way that Empire Strikes Back was. Like, Last Jedi was a retread of Empire. Frustratingly. No matter what he says about originality, Mm -hmm. all the same story beats as Empire Strikes Back. There's nothing left original in Star Wars. No. I'll be surprised if we get anything original from Star Wars from here on out. I had my hopes at Force Awakens. I really did, but... You know what? Grand Admiral Thrawn is original, and he's good. Let's cling to that. <laughs> I, I still clinging. say it's boring. <laughs> at the end of the day, like, what I didn't say in the last recording that we did was, I still kind of think he's just kind of boring. Aww. Okay, well, more for me. More, more media content enjoy. for me to enjoy. You can enjoy it. Um, but... Uh, no, like, back to Kylo and, Kylo and Rey. Oh my uh, gosh. She's, I mean, she just has, he tries to have chemistry with her, but she's just got, like, nothing to work with. You're right. And I think that's part of why I was so, so resistant to, you know, everything, like, between the two of them. I just didn't, and I I hate to, like, sit around and talk about the romance, too. Like, there's a part of me that's exhausted by the fact that this happened, because, like, we almost got out of a whole series in which this girl didn't have a love interest. She was this kick-butt, gonna-go-get-whoever-is-in-her-way, you know. Strong woman who don't need no man. Exactly. Well, we almost passed a Bechdel test, right? Or however you say that. No, you're Um, right, you're right. Where enough conversations are had between females that are not about men. Uh-huh. And then we don't have a love love interest, too. Right? Yeah. Like, that's part of it. I don't actually know what I'm talking about, clearly. I need to go look up this test. <laughs> to pass the test, it doesn't, it's not that stringent, but, like, that's one of the criteria, right? For just this one character, clearly not the whole series. Sure. But, but we did have, like, a second where we could get through this whole plot without her having any kind of, like, love interest, right? Yeah. Or established conclusion to a love interest. Sure. So, um... So then we... So it exhausts me that we're even having this conversation on one hand. Um, on the other hand, I do want to say that I think if there's anything to have been gained by that moment of them kissing at the very end, it has to do with what you're talking about, about sympathetic villains. Yeah. In that one moment, right after they kiss, you get this shot from behind Ray where you see half of Adam Driver's face and it just lights up in this brilliant smile it's just the most like teenage yeah like, a little bit happy dog look on his face um and it's absolutely endearing because adam driver is brilliant he's a good actor that's why like mm-hmm. you believe it for a second mm-hmm. that's all i want just like let me believe in the romance of this story and I, that's just a general romance not a big r romance <laughs> right right no, no yeah so for that one moment, we get to see Kylo Ren as, like, just a human person. Like, who he might have been had he not become, like, the supreme leader of all that was evil and unholy. Um, had Zombie Palpatine not been talking his, in his ear the whole time. Yes. Um, R.I.P. Zombie Palpatine. And the lax critic in me thinks that that moment is kind of cool. Oh, sure. No, there and there were certainly parts that I was like, okay, that's, I mean, I was entertained. Not gonna say I enjoyed it, but I was entertained. I cautiously state this about Kylo Ren because <laughs> I still think it's a load of crap. You know what? And even if I was laughing through the whole movie, I can't say I wasn't entertained. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I was laughing at it, not not with it, at it. I yeah, and back to the horses. That was a moment where I literally like chuckled in the theater under my breath. I was like, I'm sorry, there are horses. <laughs> On a Star Destroyer. You deployed them on the surface, the hull of a Star Destroyer? Why? What What are you hoping to gain here? How did you feed them? Getting did you, across the galaxy. Did you talk to the tactician, Grand Admiral Thrawn? Have you talked to him about that yet? Did you run that by him? 
how are they connecting? Like, what's the grip like there on the surface of this? You know, that's a very good question. Because what, I mean, you would need low resistance to be in the atmosphere like that, right? But they're space vehicles. Why are they in the atmosphere? (laughs) Why are there this many of them in the atmosphere? Seriously, it's a good question. And then when Palpatine opens the sunroof and then he shoots the entire fleet from his chair, that's not how the force works. (laughs) That is not how it works. Oh. JJ, you need to go back to Space Wizard School. Back to Star Wars courts. Oh my goodness. Hogwarts? Star Wars? <laughs> Star Wars? Oh no, please don't hurt yourself. <laughs> okay. Um, then we have this like Dark Lord magic feeling about the whole Sith underground of the planet, right? Why was there a stadium full of hooded figures? That's what I'm getting at. Why were they just waiting? That was weird. Why were they there? We go nine movies without getting any real intense education in what the Sith are and how their religion works. And then we get this, like, plot dump at the ninth movie, and it doesn't make sense or really connect back into anything we've been told in the movies before. I can see you've got this great, like, grimace on your face. It's fantastic. I can see how it connects into some of the Sith lore that I've read on the outside of movies a little bit. Like, right. there's some... We are aware that there is Sith lore outside of the movies. Yes. But not all Star Wars fans are, and I would argue, like, contain what you're talking about to the movies. Don't spend the ninth movie trying to explain an entire Sith religion to me, right? But also, let's let's be real. If you have stuff already fleshed out in canon, why would you create new stuff? And this is new stuff. Like, Exegol, you already have Sith worlds. Why didn't you just use Korriban? Like, you, you don't have to make up a new Sith planet. There's a couple of them already. Mm-hmm. And also, like, why didn't you just call it a holocron? Because that's what it is. Instead, we have zombie bionic Borg emperor. Oh, my gosh. We're really crossing the streams. It really is. It's a freaking Borg emperor. I mean, and it's just, he's just pulling tropes from fantasy. That's all he's doing. He's just, he's digging through the toy box going, okay, what kind of fantasy tropes can I throw in here to make a satisfying conclusion? Um, I was talking to my brother and he said it felt a lot like Warhammer 40k, that whole ending, or the whole, all the Sith people, the stadium of Sith people. Granted, he liked the movie, um, and liked the aesthetic of it. Your brother did? Yes, which is fine. Like, people can like this movie. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I just, personally, I would rather spend an hour critiquing it. It's true. I just I just want good stories out of my comfort food. Like, that's not too much to ask. I don't also need all of these terrible injections and chemicals. No. No, we don't. It's terrible. Okay, have we missed anything? Oh, my goodness. I, hmm. D- Palpatine fucks. That's the slogan for this movie. Tagline. Star Wars. Episode 9. Rise of Skywalker. Palpatine fucks. <laughs> He's got a kid. Palpatine has a kid. Oh my god. And, and, and. People have done the math. Um, So Palpatine definitely fucked after he turned old and wrinkly. Because those parents can only be like, at most, 35. Maybe 40. This all happened. After he became disgusting. So I guess, even getting struck by lightning and his, his like, hundreds-of-year-old form is revealed, things still work, is all I'm saying. There's some really gross visuals you're putting in my head there. Oh, boy. I just want to remind you how bad this movie is. In context? It's bad. I... It's really bad. Okay, I did like the uh, Force diode, but I also hated it. It was very dumb... Okay, I'm sorry. So many things happened in this movie. Force diode? Is it... Strike that reverse. Dyad. Oh! I I liked the force dyad... Concept. Concept. And then I also hated it. Because it felt (laughs) way too easy. Yes. And, again, the idea that these people are just the grandchildren of the big-time force users. Yeah, And that's what created the force dyad. It's... It's very lazy. This is not JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. It's just lazy. Is um, that a JoJo reference? What? what? Uh, 
But in another story, I think that concept could be cool. Sure, but not ham-fisted into a story full of 20 other concepts similar to, like, MacGuffins and The Chosen One and... Oh my goodness. And it's just like, we, we've already done the whole Palpatine thing. Like, that was, that was finished. You can't copy your homework, JJ, from somebody else that successfully passed the assignment. Seriously. We threw Palpatine off a balcony. We could have left him dead. It's boring. Come up with a new villain. I was kind of getting into the new post-Emperor villains anyway. I mean, no, not I that will, great, but... <laughs> I will say the whole First Order concept is really flimsy. Because it's really it just totally aping is. the iconography of the, the space Nazis from the original trilogy. Absolutely. This and is... it's like no clear differentiation or, or different motivations in the original. It's just, they came back. They just, a second chance for space Nazis. So that's to say something about the power of fascism, I think. <laughs> the undying idea. <laughs> the fact that this just... Can we truly pull some lessons out of this? Or, I mean, out of Star Wars as a whole, clearly we spent two hours today talking about lessons so from the Star So the lesson Wars. from the Star Wars fable is... Always give your scripts a second draft. <laughs> Always. It's true. And also, run your dialogue by somebody that actually talks to people. Like, to write real dialogue, maybe you should talk to somebody who, who knows how to talk to people. Sigh. <laughs> Long sigh. I mean, I'm not going to go and sell my Star Wars memorabilia collection. No. It's, that, that won't happen. But neither are you going to do what they want you to do, um, which is go I'm buy not... a bunch of new merch for this movie. What I mean, so last movie was Porgs, and those are kind of, they, they killed them now in this movie. They showed them for like a scene. And everyone's like, oh, Porgs. So I guess they can continue on with their copyright of Porgs, and I don't know. But then there's the new droid, and then there's the new like little cute little technical monkey, and they're trying to sell merchandise for that. Moichandising. That's Star yeah. Wars. It, that's all it is these days. It was just a, literally a very expensive commercial for new merch um, that they could sell at Disney and online and all the other things, uh, particularly in these examples you've given. The robot has no reason to be there other than to sell that robot. Not true. He ended up being the critical point in some plot thread somewhere. Where he had some knowledge of something. I'm glad you remember that. Yeah, for like a, so split critical. a split second, he solved some plot contrivance. Okay, so they definitely made sure that he in some way, tiny little bit, hooked into the plot that was going on. But we can't really remember. It was like something how it super done, convenient. So. It was like they were like, who has this information? And then they turned to this droid and he's like, I have information. Uh, okay, so okay. he was a MacGuffin, just yes. like everything else in this movie. Absolutely. Do we need to stop and say what a MacGuffin is? People can look it up, it's on TV Tropes. If you want to lose an hour of your sanity, just Google TV tropes. <laughs> You'll be lost. So he's a MacGuffin. And uh, that's what R2 was in the first movie, the fourth movie. His real purpose is uh, to... No, R2 is a fully fledged character, I think. Through the, but through he, was the also, he was also kind of the MacGuffin. They were looking for him. He was kind of the driver. I think that that... I would argue that that's not a MacGuffin. Because mm -hmm. he was... A character in the movie, not just a convenient thing that could have been anything that drove right. the plot. So he was self-aware. Like, he chose to get in the escape pod off yeah. the planet for. Yes. So he had some agency. I think he, I think R2 has some agency. This this robot is just literally in there to be a commercial for the next oh, time totally. they want to produce a robot that moves around your house with your app <laughs> enabled on your iPhone. Wow. That's it. That The whole purpose of this robot. TM, Disney. That thing. Yes. Not... Whatever. They could have fixed the problem without the robot. Star Wars. Copyright. New little robot. TM. Glittery hats with the straight bill. <laughs> the sticker on them. Are the kids removing the sticker these days? Or are they leaving the sticker on? That is a question for a younger person. Yeah. You have younger people in your life. I, I you do, but they're not, they're not hat aficionados. Okay. okay. Maybe hats are done. Does anybody know anything about Supreme? Y'all know things? I, I don't know. So... I feel like we should wrap this up somehow. You know what? That's what JJ said. <laughs> that's that's literally what he said when they came to him. <laughs> Can you write this ninth movie? Yeah, sure. I just, I really feel like we should wrap this up right now. Or somehow. Or somehow. Yeah, that's about right. 
So, you telling anybody to go see this movie? No. O- only if it's... <laughs> only if Star Wars is, like, your passion, your hobby, your religion. Then see it out of obligation. The same way you go to Midnight Mass. <laughs> you must. You must. It's just obligation. Okay, so here's the real question. Is this the same kind of obligation that you take if you're a celiac sufferer, and I am, if you have celiac disease and you take communion out of obligation, and then you get sick? <laughs> I, I don't. From taking communion. Is this that me, kind of obligation? Okay, no, 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 no. Star Wars is not going to make you sick unless you're allergic to bad plot writing. And it's also not absolutely a requirement no. of the Star Wars religion. You're not going to get kicked out of the religion just because you didn't see Rise of Skywalker. But go see it if you want a conclusion. And I walked out kind of with a light heart that it was done. And Thank God I never have to watch this again. I didn't quite say that. I probably <laughs> will watch it again. I enjoy going back to things and critiquing them. And I'll enjoy, continue to enjoy this story with my family. It'll, the next time I watch it, I will expect to laugh. Yeah. That, you know, the laughter came so naturally, so organically, because I wasn't expecting it. I mean, I knew, I knew some of the stupid stuff was going to happen. I knew about Ray Palpatine. I, oh. Oh, that ending. Oh. And, and then, you know. Poe, Finn, and A Case of the Not Gays. Oh my gosh, we forgot to talk about Poe and Finn and The Case of the Not Gays. <laughs> this movie was really... I, I didn't know what the setup was, because I don't remember in any of the previous two movies feeling like the movies were really pushing those two together, except for the very, like, a part of Force Awakens. Yeah. You could feel there was some there was some character tension between the two, some chemistry. And it could have been as friends, it could have been as rivals, it could have been as romantic partners but it didn't have to be but it really like it had me convinced that it could be mm-hmm. enough that i was kind of looking for it um i don't think i was like rooting for it necessarily but i was i was watching and waiting for that to come up and happen. because those two actors have a lot of chemistry they're both both very charismatic and so when they were on screen together especially with the writing with force awakens there was a lot of fun like banter chemistry back and forth last jedi not a ton of that so i i didn't understand why they needed to come down so heavy-handed and be like they're not gay. They have female love interests. Don't worry. I, I wasn't asking. Let's be really clear about this. Let's, let's be really clear. By giving Poe a dark past oh and a gosh. masked mistress. And then when she shows up again, it's like, oh, she's not dead. Okay. Uh, I didn't ask that question, but I guess she's not dead. She's not dead. And then he gives her the bedroom eyes. She's not dead, but she still doesn't want any. <laughs> We're done. I just, I, mm, Disney. But, okay. To me, this is actually a little bit insidious, right? Sure. Why did they take this out? To pander to people who don't want the gay propaganda yes. in the movie. It's the commodification of both the pandering and the withholding. Which is a part of the problem with the Rose character. Oh, totally. Like, let's be really real. They have, uh... What's the word? I want to say whitewash this movie. And that's like, maybe that's part of it. They've no, whitewashed no, yeah. it. They've they made it acceptable to the, quote, white masses. Um, the white conservative masses who are looking for the Star Wars. The diversity that is in this movie and exists inside this series of movies is clearly just pandering because the diversity has no reason to exist. Like, there's no payoff for any of the diversity. Yep. Um, and they just have taken all of the risks. Yeah. Out of all of the things that they had halfway set up. I mean, let's be honest. There's, like, the gay kiss, but it's easy to edit that out. And that's what they plan to do for foreign markets. Which they totally did in Singapore. Yeah. And then then there's the interracial uh, relationship opportunities that they had that were... Some of them were well set up. Like, Finn had a lot of chemistry with both Ray and Rose. And Poe. And Poe. Let's go back to Poe. No, you're right. There was a lot of opportunity there. Interracial gay romance going on there and nothing. Um, not saying that it needed to be there. Don't worry. In fan fiction, it exists. I 100% generally don't really care about what does or doesn't get developed. What I do care about is when people go out of their way to erase their tracks to make sure that you they know. beat a dead horse over right. something that might have been controversial. That's when there's a huge problem. Right. I don't care what story you write. Just don't go backwards and fall over yourself to be offensive about the story that you yes. chose not to write. Don't be afraid of that ambiguity. It's not always bad, and it's not always the mark of bad storytelling to have some ambiguity there. 
Just let it be what you wrote. Yeah, there's a difference between ambiguity because of bad writing and ambiguity that just feels like a comfortable, it's okay if we don't answer that question. There could have been a really interesting uh, um, conversation about uh, Poe having like a real romance that wasn't thrown in um, that kind of got in the way of things, right? Like there's there's plenty of stories to write about this in some of the same way that they did without being so ham-handed about fundamentally it wasn't even a choice about whether they embrace the diversity or not Mm -hmm. it's really just bad writing it really is just bad bad writing sigh long sigh again (laughs) oh and i'm not saying that star wars fan fiction is any better no and fan fiction i you know shout out to people who who write it um there's, there's a great a lot of literary starting points there. It's a great way to get people writing and mm-hmm. thinking critically and creatively about things that they see in the world. Um, I let me out myself. I wrote a Star Wars fan fiction. It was my first book when I started uh, really getting into writing creatively. I was eleven, and I was you and I both at that time were starting into our Star Wars nonsense. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I sat down. And I wrote fifty pages of Star Wars fanfic. And it was pretty good. And it wasn't about romance. It wasn't about all these things. Right, it was right. Just it was a just story. kind of a character study or something. No, I just put some, put them on a planet. Wanted to talk about Mara Jade and Luke a little bit. Wanted to talk about Anakin a little bit. You know, all those Interesting characters that are not, I mean, there's not black and white there. Well, and they're no longer in existence because they've all been tossed. R.I.P. R.I.P. Old canon. Um, Press F in the chat. <laughs> anyway. F to pay respects for the old canon. Toss dirt onto grave. So, <laughs> so that's to say, fan fiction. If you're doing fan fiction, write more fan fiction. I, in fact, I would throw out a challenge, like to people who are writing fan fiction, take your fandom, write fan fiction, do better than the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, because the bar is set now; it's very low. Don't be scared. Rewrite it. Um, yeah. <laughs> who cares about canon in a story like this? Like, go out and and. Take your angle and use it as a critical exercise and fun, right? Like, just yeah. make it fun and go and do something different. It's okay to be a weird, obsessed fan about something, too. I'm going to defend myself here. Like, it's okay to be a weird, obsessive fan. I can guarantee you, nobody in this room is attacking you. And most of the internet is a weird, obsessed fan about something. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if I know anyone who's not a, a, world, a weird, obsessed fan about something. True. True. Sometimes it's not as obvious, because I'm currently wearing a Star Wars t-shirt, so it's it's pretty obvious. It's okay. You're accepted here. This is a safe space? Safe space. I thought Star we said Wars. it wasn't a safe space. Not a safe space for uh, spoil, spoiler-free okay. commentary. No, this is just commentary. But my, my geekiness is accepted. Yes. In fact, I lied on. Oh, I feel accepted. I'm so glad. <laughs> okay, well, do we have anything more to say about this movie? Ah. Uh. Oh, I just, I, um, what a, what a waste, what a wasted opportunity with my beloved IP. Long sigh. <laughs> Nobody judge me for having strong opinions, okay? Long sigh. I know. <laughs>